1: For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards. Only at Sleep Number Stores or sleepnumber.com.
2: This podcast may contain adult themes, strong language, and stupid health advice. Listener discretion is advised.
3: Welcome back in bad taste is back we cast a critical eye over health documentaries and the claims they make i'm so glad we're back nikki i'm your host registered nutritionist pixie turner and i'm cardiothoracic surgeon dr nikki
2: stamp we also have an extra co-host today we have little mimi joining us hello mimi is here she's a tiny cat
3: She's adorable and she's also currently trying to play with my headphones and any cables she can get her hands on. So hopefully she'll fall asleep in a second. Rude.
2: Need to stop that. (laughs)
3: Look, we are back. I don't know how
2: I feel about it though because I've forgotten how bad it was to watch these films. (laughs) So as you know, each month we watch some God awful health films and then we break them down over four episodes. and. Oh my god, we have a real humdinger to start with. Like, a really bad
3: one. Yeah, I know, this could be one of the worst films we've ever had the displeasure of viewing. The Magic Pill. I mean, disclaimer, there is nothing at all magical in this film. (laughs)
2: There's nothing magical in any of the films that we watch. But we've had we've had a lovely break, uh, aside from all the drama in the world, we've had a lovely break from watching these films. And, and now, now this, I mean, since we filmed our last episode, I've had a midlife crisis, accumulated several musculoskeletal injuries and fought the patriarchy. And I'd rather continue doing all of that than watch this.
1: Yeah,
3: and I've moved home in the middle of a pandemic, mm-hmm. which was not smooth or straightforward in the slightest. And, you know, I do that all over again rather than watch this film. But here we are. I mean, as we've already said, I did get a cat too, which has been the best decision ever.
2: Best decision ever. Okay. But anyway, we need to get on with this. Let's just do it like a Band-Aid. We'll get on and, and get it over and done with, okay?
3: Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm
2: trying to talk myself into it. <laughs>
3: If you're not familiar with The Magic Pill, it's basically, I mean, it's basically P. Evans Mm -hmm. doing whatever he wants to and making a mess of it. I mean, that's shocking. I know. It
2: was made in 2017, I think. Um, So it's been out for a few years. Um, Should note, Netflix banned it. Well done, Netflix. Thank you very much.
3: Cancel culture gone crazy.
2: (laughs) Um, So for those of you who aren't aware, uh, Pete Evans is an Australian cook who used to run a very successful eatery in a very posh Sydney suburb, Um, but then he rose to fame as a judge on My Kitchen Rules. Do you have My Kitchen Rules in the UK? No. No, I don't think so. Okay. All right. It's like a – it's a cooking show. It's really, really popular because it's sort of as popular as sort of MasterChef and all those sorts of ones. But I know that one. I know MasterChef. Right. So they, um, I don't really watch it to be honest, but they they cook in their home kitchens, two of them, and they serve up a dinner party and Pete Evans sits there and I'm sure he spits out all the carbohydrates after he's tasted them. But anyway, <laughs> very popular show. But in the last few years, uh, Evans has been increasingly controversial with... First of all, starting off with dietary recommendations, Uh, he's been sort of very vocally um, endorsing paleo diet, low carb, um, and he's built a really successful brand off the back of these uh, nutrition bends that he goes on. But he started to run into trouble a couple of years ago when he had a cookbook that was coming out for babies Um, And it was found to have a recipe for bone broth, which was in excess of the recommended daily levels of vitamin A for babies. uh, And it was pulled. And I'll just say that's potentially a fatal amount of vitamin A to give a baby. So it was pulled. But then in the last 12 months, things have gotten even worse. Um, So he's been very critical of mainstream media, vaccinations, fluoride in the water um he's been very vocally supportive of of ex president trump
3: oh my god you have no idea how much pleasure mm-hmm. it gives me to hear the word. I know, right? in front of I that. know, same.
2: Oh, yeah. So, so he he really went down that rabbit hole. He's told people to stare at the sun for their health. He thinks five G is going to kill us all, um, and then COVID kicked off, and it got even worse because he's been very vocally against uh, public health measures. Sort of talking that COVID's a bit of a conspiracy. He was fined by the TGA, which is the Therapeutic Goods Association, which is like the, our FDA, for recommending a light-emitting device, that light-emitting device that would cure or prevent COVID. But then things really went badly when last year he shared a neo-Nazi symbol on Facebook. Um, oh, no. Yeah, right. Now, I should, I should say that he has denied that he holds any far-right anti-Semitic ideology, but... Uh screenshots of that post led to people raising concerns that he may have been aware of what it meant and he was doing it to be deliberately provocative or whatever. But anyway, he has been deplatformed, winner, winner, chicken dinner. So he's been deplatformed. He's been kicked off Instagram. He's been kicked off Facebook for his uh, disinformation about COVID. Uh, but he has been leading a lot of the anti-vaccination marches here in Australia against the COVID vaccine. And most, most recently, most recently, and this is concerning, he has decided that he wants to run for the Senate. Oh, no. So cool, 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 cool. Yeah, yeah. So that's where we're right. That's, that's, that's what we're getting ourselves into. I should also say he can be a bit unpleasant on social media. So we are mindful of that, I think would be fair to say. We don't really want to be – we don't want to be shat on, basically. So we're going to do what we usually do and be objective most of the time.
3: Yeah, and to be honest, P. Evans actually barely ends up appearing in this entire documentary, mm. which I thought was a bit of a shame because it means we have to spend more time shitting on other things rather than him. But, <laughs> hey, so sad. But uh, – it is what it is. I thought this was going to be his love child and it was going to be all about him. But it turns out mm-hmm. absolutely not. It's not about him at all. And I know it's petty, but I really don't like his voice. Oh, really? Why not? Is it? I love an Australian accent. Thank you. I love an Australian accent, <laughs> but I don't like his voice. There's something about it that immediately, as soon as I heard it, I was like, it's that fucker, isn't it?
2: That's so interesting. Do you know, my, my biggest gripe with this film, which we'll come to later, is that Um, This is like very unmagical, this film. It's such a hot mess. Um, We were saying before we started recording, it's just like someone vomited up everything they could possibly think about, health, diets, low-carb, keto, anything that you could think of in that realm. They've just vomited up and at the end you're left going, what what did I actually just watch? I'm very confused.
3: Yeah, and in case it wasn't obvious by everything we've already said, this is basically a documentary all about how wonderful – low carb and keto Mm -hmm. is Mm -hmm. we've covered quite a few vegan documentaries by this point and we thought it was only fair that we show a different side to documentaries they're not all evangelizing about veganism some of them actually evangelize about eating meat and that's exactly what this documentary does we get the exact same tropes the same kind of stories the, the exact same narratives pretty much the exact same claims as well. We've got cancer, we've got diabetes, we've got autism. Everything that we've already seen in vegan documentaries is appearing here with the same narratives, just different food. Yeah, which always, you know, I think should be
2: a big alarm bell to us all that if people keep saying that their particular diet is a miracle miracle cure, None of them are, but anyway, look as is sort of common with a lot of these films, they really rely on having, I suppose, case studies that undergo some sort of transformation or experiment after going on the diet that the the particular film is championing. Championing is that the right word? I think that's a word, but we've got a few. It is a word. It's a word. Good. Um, I just can't say it properly. <laughs> but the the film seems to be following these people. Um, and how much better they're going to be after eating this diet. Um, but again, like I said, I just found it all, you know, confusing and sort of lacking direction. Just didn't make any sense.
3: Yeah. Also, most of the case studies are related to one of the producers.
2: Yes, is that right? That's so true. So, the, uh, so Pete Evans is one producer and the other producer uh, is, seems to have called in all of his family members. And I sh- we should also say that this is in the US as well. So they've gone to the US and gone off and yeah got this got all of these guys family members which isn't dodgy at all because of course they're going to say nice
3: things yeah and you know how do we know they're in the U.S. well they've got a giant fuck off American flag outside their <laughs> home standard really but yeah so we've got
2: we've got a few um we've got a few people so we've got Michelle now Michelle um Michelle by the way can sing like an angel good for her but mm-hmm. she does list off a long list of illnesses including asthma and even though she, she's very lovely i just thought that i just thought that she had some perhaps issues would be nice was that a nice way to say it go on well i just thought that she looked she just seemed to be really lacking in self-esteem and like she'd had mm-hmm. maybe some tough times in her life and you know there were some things going on for her which is fine but you know I felt kind of sorry for her. Can sing though. That's good. Mm, That is true. We had Debbie, who is the filmmaker's cousin. So this is where the the family connection sort of starts. And again, she's got a ton of medical... Things as well. Diabetes. Her mother had Alzheimer's, and she's re- seems to be really scared that she's going to go down the same pathway. So I sort of felt sorry for her about that.
3: Yeah, we've got. So we've got Debbie. We've got her husband Barry. Oh no,
2: her son. Her son. Ew, gross. You said her husband.
3: Wait, Barry's
2: her son. Barry's her son. Barry was
3: her husband? <laughs> I was not paying enough attention. Clearly, and in my defence, I was very focused on. Abigail, who is the young child in this family who has been diagnosed with autism. And immediately my heart sank and I was like, oh boy, why do I get the feeling that they are not going to do this well at all? And it seems that Abigail's dad is horrified at the list of side effects for the medication that, that she's taking. He compares her to a drug addict. Mm hmm. I mean, wait till you hear the list of side effects of keto. That's coming up. And it's it's just the language that was used here was already, I was like, oh no, this is not good. This is... No, it's not good. No, it was hard to watch. No,
2: exactly. Um, but yeah, look, they they they've got all these different case studies. As I say, they're all related to to the other filmmaker, and they're just going to cram in all of these stories. Uh, they agree to undergo a, a change to their diets for ten weeks with another bullshit pseudo film
3: experiment, which.
2: You know, this is not how you conduct an experiment, by the way, right? It's just,
3: it's just ridiculous. One thing I will give to them is, at least, is at least this is longer than those firefighters and game changers who went vegan for what was it, like a week mm-hmm. or something, and then were expected to be like continue on your own, which is not enough. Ten weeks, okay, you know, that's that's. Something, I suppose it's still not ideal, but it's a little bit better than some of the stuff we've already seen. And, you know, then we see the classic shots of them removing all kinds of products from their shelves and throwing them in the bin. And it just makes me so sad that all that food gets wasted every single time. And we're immediately told, quote, the whole low fat thing is completely wrong. With no explanation whatsoever, like you can't do that. This is supposed to be a documentary. State your fucking premise and defend it. Don't just make some statement and then just waft off to something else. Like that's not how this works. Yeah. So, so they they list they
2: as as Pixie said they get rid of all their food. I mean the privilege is just you know just God. Gobs- how much do you reckon it would cost to replace your whole pantry, the contents of your whole pantry? Like hundreds of dollars, right?
3: Yeah, when I think to times when I've moved Mm -hmm. and I've had to essentially buy a whole new pantry, yeah, it costs at least 100 quid to get like the basics that would cover you like slightly long term and then you need a bit of extra for like the short term with vegetables and things like that. It is expensive. It really is expensive. Yeah. So anyway, so they're going on this diet, which is, I
2: mean, they kind of flip between calling it low carb and keto, although it's a bit of a mess really it doesn't they don't really state if it's one or the other and i think we'll talk about this i'm sure that the definition mm-hmm. of a low carb versus a keto diet or uh, and a keto diet i should say is is really not well standardized so it's not really a surprise that we're in we've got this sort of messy area we don't actually know what sort of what they're actually eating it's just kind of vague low carbery nonsense
3: yes because low carb and keto not the same thing <laughs> But they won't tell you that but what we do get told is what the food rules are on this show what are the food rules for all these participants number one eat whole foods no definition given number two choose organic no explanation given number three eliminate processed foods in my view arguably impossible to do Number four, eliminate grains and legumes. Now, they make a lot of arguments about why we shouldn't be eating carbs, but they don't really go into the details of why we shouldn't be eating legumes. They kind of ignore that Yeah, they just say it's bad, right? (laughs) Yeah, that's it. Number five, embrace healthy fats, by which they mean olive oil, coconut oil, animal fats, eggs, and avocados. Not vegetable oils, because apparently those are toxic.
2: No, they're they're industrial. They're like... They're industrial. They're industrial. Oh,
3: you bet. We are coming on to that. Number six, avoid dairy. Again, no explanation given. And number seven, finally, select naturally raised animals, by which they mean pastured animals and wild caught fish. Barely an explanation given and great use of the natural fallacy right there. Mm-hmm. This is expensive, privileged, problematic, and not the only way someone can pursue health. Correct, correct.
2: So I guess since they they talk about it a lot, do you want to tell us uh, what exactly a ketogenic diet is?
3: Yes, I can do, Nikki. (laughs) Please, go ahead. The ketogenic diet is a very, very high-fat, low-carb diet. Very. It's not just low-carb. It's not just paleo. It is more extreme than that. You know At this point, I was 25 minutes into the movie and the word keto hadn't even been mentioned, which is just problematic because again, we have this problem of assuming low carb and keto are the same, they're not. It's like saying vegan and raw vegan are the same. Hell no, they are not. So based on our food rules, we can clearly see that keto means no grains, no beans, no pulses, very little fruit and no starchy veg because even carrots are a little bit tricky. It is heavily restrictive. So the name keto or ketogenic diet comes from ketosis because ketosis is a state that your body switches in and out of. You're either in ketosis or you're out of ketosis. There is no gradual shift. It's really sudden. It's like switching train tracks. So for example, if you haven't eaten all day, you may be in ketosis. If you eat a single slice of bread, you are not in ketosis anymore and if you're in ketosis it means your body does not have enough glucose or carbohydrates for energy so it converts fats and protein mainly fats into carbohydrate like substances called ketone bodies and this is important because your brain needs glucose and if there's no glucose your brain needs ketones for energy because fats and proteins in that way cannot cross the blood-brain barrier because your brain is very, very picky about what it has for energy. If your body wasn't able to convert fats to ketones, you would die because your brain would have no energy. So this is kind of a thing to help keep you alive. But it's also really, really restrictive. Yeah, I I don't
2: understand how you could easily socialize with something like this but but yeah look you know i i just i mean that's a really good summary so in the literature ketosis is very strictly or ketogenic diet and ketosis is really strictly defined um and in wellness and nutrition or pseudo nutrition circles i should say it's really loosely defined and and kind of means sometimes seems to mean anything that has a low carbohydrate content. But when, then we look at low carb diets and how they're described and that can range from a carbohydrate makeup of your diet anywhere from 5 to 25%. That's a really broad range. But ketogenic diet, now this is something that actually has some evidence for it but only in a very 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 specific circumstance and that is in childhood epilepsy and I'm pretty sure we've talked about this before um, it is for it is used in childhood epilepsy that is non-responsive um, to to medical treatment so anticonvulsants which is what young Abigail is on so while her dad is comparing it to heroin it's not it's that is also the medication that's keeping her alive but that is really the only accepted indication for it you know for all the other things like cardiovascular disease and weight loss and stuff like that i mean it's pretty sketchy at best
3: yeah and you know i think it's so important to point out that the ketogenic diet started as a medical intervention it is a medical thing Mm -hmm. it's not something you're. it's not designed to be something you do for shits and giggles it has serves a specific medical purpose That's why it became a thing. And, I mean, as you say, since then it's been used for all sorts of kind of claims and all sorts of kind of conditions and states
1: of humans. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature?
4: And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
3: Yeah, sorry. I really want to say that there are a lot of documented adverse reactions reported in long-term ketogenic studies. And by long term, I mean being keto for over a month. And that very long list of adverse reactions includes gastrointestinal disturbances, inflammation risk, sepsis, infection and bacterial overgrowth, pneumonia, pancreatitis, hypothyroidism, hair loss menstrual irregularities hypoglycemia increased cortisol decreased testosterone low platelet count increased bruising kidney stones renal tubular acidosis elevated liver enzymes muscle cramps impaired concentration impaired mood nutrient deficiency disordered mineral metabolism poor growth in children skeletal fracture osteoporosis long qt intervals cardiomyopathy heart arrhythmia myocardial infarction and death that's a long fucking
2: list Right. There's a biological reason for for some of this stuff, particularly if you look at bowel cancer in people who eat low low carbohydrate diet or or a ketogenic diet. You know there is an increased risk in of, of bowel cancer because some of the the byproducts are directly toxic to the gut, um, and there is a theory that there has been a, there's been an increase in bowel cancer diagnoses in young people, like people under the age of forty. And one of the theories that is being put forth as a reason that that's happened is because more people are are eating a diet that doesn't include enough um, grains, legumes, and pulses like this that a low carbohydrate diet could be um, could be contributing to that, and I think that's really concerning. The other, I guess the other thing that they try and make the link to, and this is really important because we've sort of flagged that they had young Abigail, uh, who is autistic. Uh, And, you know, it sounds like, you know, I I really feel for the family, it sounds like they have, you know, a lot of uh, stress and, you know, Abigail needs a lot of care and that they're kind of, they seem kind of frustrated, like I feel for them. Um, But they're, they're trying to treat her autism with a ketogenic or low carb diet and, before this, she was eating, you know, just what are they call them? Goldfish. They look like they look like kind of chips type things. Like she has yeah. a very, a very picky diet, which is you know something that can happen in in these kids. And they keep going on about how how um we never fed these kids anything healthy and i'm like man give yourself a break like she she has particular needs I, I don't imagine it's always easy to feed her you know vegetables and they go through this period where abigail is you know just not interested in this new food that that she's getting and this is when barry compares his daughter to a drug addict because she gets sees her goldfish these little chip things and she like goes for them as you would i mean have you seen me eat chips? And he goes, oh, she, you know, the way she was doing that reminded me
3: of when I was a drug addict, you know, where he was just jonesing for a fix. Yeah, of course she was reaching for the fucking goldfish because at that point she hadn't eaten in ages and she she didn't eat for five days before she then gave in and ate the food that they were giving her. Five days without food. That poor child, that must have been so awful.
2: Yeah, it's terrible, you know. it's hard. I, th- I think it's hard to change a lot of children's diets because, you know, kids – Kids can be set in their ways, um, but they also have another uh, another autistic kid called Aaron and his mother Lisa. And, you know, she says all the usual sort of things about her son. You know, he never lit up.
3: What does that mean?
2: I don't even know what that means. Just, I was just like, did you have to say that? Um, so she put him on a specific carbohydrate diet. That's the name of the diet, specific low carbohydrate diet to try and help him. And I know a lot of people um, do explore these things for their kids. Um, but Aaron is then in a trial in a hospital in Honolulu. And so this is a trial. This is a legitimate trial. Um, where they don't have the answers yet, they're investigating it, as they should, you know, that's the scientific method. But the film sort of portrays it that, you know, this keto diet that that he's in this trial for is curing him. It's making him so, so much better. But look, the the upshot of all this is that a low-carb and keto diet is being explored for autism because there is some evidence that there is um influence of the gut brain axis in autism and other neurological uh conditions but you know it's it's not <laughs> it's not the cure that they're saying it it is and i think we talked about this a bit in um vaxed. in vaxed. yes when you know they're like this idea of curing these kids just feels a bit wrong and uncomfortable I think would be fair to say
3: yeah, I would absolutely agree. I think the word cure is completely the wrong word here because yeah, we' not we're, that's not what the, that no that's not what we should be doing because autism isn't something to be cured in that sense. It's a different way for the brain to to function and really what we need is for the world to adapt better to have greater acceptance and understanding of of autism and and the behaviors that can come with that.
2: yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, you know, I, I yeah, just I just hate the way that films like this sort of capitalize on I suppose some of the concern that people have about autism and yeah, talk about it in that 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 cure we're going to need to cure this is something that we need to fix and eradicate sort of way it just feels really just feels a bit gross to me yeah
3: hey nikki you work with hearts what is the relationship between keto and heart disease (laughs) you really want to know don't do it (laughs) do you know i get
2: asked this question a lot like you know is low carb or keto diet better for your better for your heart but the other thing i get asked a lot and we're going to talk about this next week is saturated fat bad actually bad for your heart because apparently it's not it is like, this is the short answer. There is an enormous amount of research that links saturated fat intake, which is very high in a in keto diet. It can be high in a low carbohydrate diet um, with heart disease. So don't do it. Like, you know, there are so many better patterns of eating that are associated with heart health that don't involve you not taking a shit for months because trust <laughs> me, without all the fibre, you won't and, you know, are less likely to expose you to a whole host of, of side effects. So it's just it's just bad. There is actually an article that was published in The Lancet, I think, was it last year or the year before, that showed um, a low carbohydrate intake over a, an extended period is actually associated with reduced life expect- expectancy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah.
3: so stop it. But anyway. Yeah, and of course they break out the big guns. They are trying to claim that keto cures cancer. Oh, it's so dangerous and wrong. And there's just no conclusive evidence that keto helps to cure or prevent cancer. The whole sugar feeds cancer thing is really oversimplified and outdated. Like, why do we always have to go to cancer? Everyone always has to talk about cancer. Either it's meat causes cancer, Mm -hmm. sugar causes cancer, Gerson treats cancer. And now, you know, here we're on the sugar train. It's just... Why does it always have to be about cancer? I'm so fed up with it. I think it says a lot more
2: about our society's feelings and fears towards cancer than it does about what we actually know about treating cancer. That's just going to put that out there. Um, so our final sort of little, I suppose, myth that we have to bust, because I think that's what this this whole episode has been. Let's just We're just nipping it in the bud. We're just getting in there and pulling out the nonsense and just Get, knocking it over initially for you so you can go about your daily life full of carbohydrates. Um, the last thing that we we talk about is we hear from uh, Jason Fung, who is a Wanker. renal physician from the US who's written some, written some books. He's got a bit of a reputation for, you know, really bullying people who speak out against him, including trying to get them fired. So, you know, I think you just need to be a bit mindful here. But he's really here to sort of spruik the insulin carbohydrate model of obesity, which is basically where um, if you eat too many carbohydrates, it spikes your insulin, and therefore you end up putting on a lot of weight. Now, this theory has been largely, largely disproven. Um, First of all, insulin is good. Mm -hmm. We like insulin, because if you don't have insulin, you have diabetes okay so we like insulin insulin is really good it's its job is to get uh, things like sugar out of your bloodstream where it can cause damage uh, fatty acids out of your bloodstream where it can cause damage and put those things locked away safely where they can't cause mischief to your blood vessels.
3: In other words in cells where they actually then get converted to the energy that you need to survive as a human being. Yeah,
2: exactly. So absolute nonsense. So, you know, all of these things that they talk about, it it, it has been disproven. If you want to talk about what determines someone's weight, it is so complex. We've talked about this repeatedly, like repeatedly when it comes to someone's weight. There is a very, very complex relationship Um, you know this very complex biopsychosocial model to say that you can put it down to one hormone is just ridiculous it it just doesn't make any sense and his observation comes from the fact that you know as a renal physician he treats a lot of people with diabetes um, and when he gives them insulin to treat their diabetes they gain weight it's because exogenous so insulin that you inject does have a slightly different profile to the insulin that we make but the insulin that we make is good insulin good. Jason Fung, bad.
3: (laughs) Yeah, that one actually is that simple. And I'd like to just quote from a recent article that, that really examined this, that I thought was really well written. And it says, Several logical consequences of this carbohydrate insulin model of obesity were recently investigated in a pair of carefully controlled inpatient feeding studies whose results failed to support key model predictions. Therefore, important aspects of carbohydrate insulin model have been experimentally falsified, suggesting that the model is too simplistic. I would agree. It is far too simplistic. Yeah, it is it is it is it,
2: it just it doesn't make any sense. Look, I think I think that's the 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 whole gist of the low carb ketogenic kind of thing is that It is just they're reaching a little bit, I think would be fair to say, Like they're just they're not quite there yet. Like there's nothing magical about it, just like there is nothing magical about most popular diets, right? There's nothing magical about carbohydrates. You know, it's just that they're just reaching you know that being said i think i should just give a little shout out here that you know low carbohydrate diets may be useful as interventions for people with specific diseases like type 2 diabetes and they are under investigation but that's very specific a very specific group of people and that's a diet administered supervised by a dietitian and a medical team who know what they're doing you know but for the general population
3: you don't need to do this for health. You really don't. Yeah, and you know, I think there's a misconception that nutrition professionals are very anti-low-carb diets and mm-hmm. that is just not true. There are a whole bunch of wonderful dietitians who are really delving into the research and really conducting great research into low-carb diets and type 2 diabetes and finding some really interesting results. Yep. And look, it as you said, low-carb ways of eating – can be really effective for people with type 2 diabetes. It is one of many ways that someone with type 2 diabetes can manage it or improve their health. One of many. It is far from the only way that people can do things. And look, if you're someone who just really finds that they feel full from a high-fat, lower-carb way of eating and doesn't deliberately restrict carbohydrates, but just generally finds that that's how you you feel full and satisfied, you do you. Carry on. Clearly what you are doing there is listening to your body, and if that's what helps you feel full and satisfied, that's what you got to do to feel full and satisfied. Full disclaimer, I am one of those people, if I don't eat grains several times a day, I get hungry really quickly, especially in the evenings. I know that my dinner has to have either potatoes or grains. If I don't, I get grumpy and I get hungry very quickly. That's just the way my body seems to be working at the moment. There's nothing I can Mm -hmm. really, I don't really want to be doing anything to change that because that's just the way it is. So I'm Mm going to respect that and listen to that by giving myself those sweet, sweet grains that I really enjoy. That is not to say that everyone's body is going to work the same way as mine. If you are someone who thrives on eating plenty of fat and finds that eating loads of carbohydrates just doesn't leave you feeling full and satisfied, keep doing what you're doing. Listen to your body. Humans have very different, varying ways of eating because we are different. So I actually
2: did a low-cal diet. This is our last point before because... You know, we need to wrap this up because the low-carb people will come for us. But I did a low-carb diet. Um, I was, uh, how old was I? I was like 20 or something like that. Uh, And I was doing it as part of a bodybuilding training regime. I quit because I was such an angry bitch um, (laughs) not having any carbohydrate. Like, honest to God, I did not enjoy it one iota. Um, and you know, I think the other thing for me, I like carbohydrates. I'm the same as you, Pixie. I I enjoy carbohydrates. I feel full, I feel satisfied, I feel clear in the head, you know, I'm very active. You know, I can't train if I don't have carbohydrates because, you know, it fuels my training. So I think I think the the moral of these little tidbits that we've just given you is that, you know, if that if you like carbs, it's fine. Eat them. You are not doing yourself any damage by um, by having carbohydrates, grains, vegetables, fruit, whatever in your diet, it's fine.
3: Mm-hmm. I mean, so to really sum up, keto is very restrictive. It doesn't cure cancer. It isn't the only way to eat if you have type 2 diabetes. And it probably isn't the best idea for prevention of heart disease. It is a medical intervention that was created for medication-resistant epilepsy in children, but of course, that's not what this documentary says. And next week, we are going to be delving much more into what the science is behind fats, the various different types of fats, the whole situation with Ansel Keys. Is that how you say his name?
2: Yeah, that's right. Yeah,
3: yeah. We, we're going to
2: go into bat for him because that's just the kind of people that we are.
3: Yeah, and we are going to ask the question, are greens really that bad? Because boy, do they make some claims and boy, do we want to tackle them. We love tackling claims.
2: Well, look, that's all for next week. Welcome back. Pleased to be here some of the time. Um, But please don't forget to leave us a five-star rating because that's how people will find our little podcast and, of course, tell your mates. Now, if you have any questions or comments, you can get in contact with us on email in badtastepodcast at gmail.com. We really like to hear from you, so be sure to drop us a line. And as always, you can come and see us on our socials. Pixie is at Pixie Nutrition and I am at Dr. Nikki Stamp. And we will leave you references and relevant links in the show notes below. Yeah, we've got some good
3: ones in there today. Some very good ones. But yes, we are very happy-ish to be back. We hope that you appreciate our suffering. (laughs) And we'll see you for more Fat Talk next week. Bye.